Welcome back to the Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. My name is Kevin Allen, a.k.a. the Fantasy Football Geek. I got Private Shane here with me, and today we're looking at players to avoid drafting in your 2022 fantasy draft. Let's do this. Now, Shane, you know, everybody likes to talk about who to draft, right? Yes. But I think, I think that your season long league, your best ball league is won or lost by who you don't draft. So today we're going to take a look at some players, wide receivers and running backs, couple from each group that we're avoiding in 2022 and really at their current ADP, right? Everything is relative to value. So Shane, how do you when you're drafting i mean and how much emphasis do you place on adp and value versus just guys that you like that you just want to get all right so first and foremost kevin thank you for having me on the show there we go it's a pleasure i'm I'm excited to to be on the show so this is going to be a thing we're doing i i'm officially taking over for season long says as your podcast partner show partner call it what you want the robin uh, to my batman there you go there you go trying to keep to show on the rails as best I can. That is my goal. There we go. But but here's the thing. When you asked Shane, what do you want to do for the show topic for our very first inaugural show? And I said, you know what, Kevin, Kevin the Geek, I've been spending way too much time with Season Long Says, and he is our local wet blanket. And so I said, look, everybody likes to talk about the players you want to draft. You've talked about players you want to draft. I want to talk about players we should avoid drafting. And so going to back to your original question, um, to, to be honest, like a bit of a cop-out answer is it, it kind of depends on where you're actually drafting from, right? If I'm in the middle of the round, say I'm drafting and pick five, six, seven, or something like that, I'm going to be a lot more open to drafting guys around their ADPs, right? Obviously players that I prefer. But if I'm on the turn, I'm not going to be afraid, you know, say, uh, say I'm at 36 or something like that. I'm not going to be afraid to take a bit of a swing on a player that I believe in because a bunch of donkeys say, no, these four or five players are better than him. Um, obviously earlier on in your draft, like we were just talking about how underdog, like there's literally been drafts going since February after the NFL draft, they reset the ADPs and got rid of players like Calvin Ridley. Cause you know, Calvin Ridley was up there the whole time, but it is amazing just how sharp the draft room is. Right. So, you know, especially like the first, I like to say first one to seven rounds is when really when you build your team. So I would caution you to reach early on in the draft because those ADPs are pretty sharp. Take your guys, but don't reach too much. Specifically, that, man, yeah, yeah th- th- this is really specific to underdog fantasy. Yes. Their, their, their players are particularly sharp. You can almost use their, their um, ADPs as a ranking guide itself, because that truly is some wisdom of the crowd. There are still mistakes though, that the crowd is making. Um, I've seen a few things. There's a few players that I think are undervalued. I've talked about those in some videos we've put out here on the channel. But um, there are players that are massively overvalued, and a lot of that is reputational. So a lot of it is reputational. So I, I just want to jump right into it, and I'm going to give my first wide receiver that I will have zero exposure to in 2022, and that's DK Metcalf. Listen, listen, DK that's Metcalf. That's bold, right? baby. Oh. That's bold. I, I, it shouldn't be bold. Who the hell is the quarterback? Geno Smith? Are you crazy? Drew Locke? 
unless they they it's possible that Seattle gains a quarterback and there's only one guy really there's two guys floating around obviously Baker Mayfield uh Jimmy Garoppolo so there is a possibility that they add a quarterback and this argument becomes moot but as of now the quarterback Drew Locke is the same guy who basically ruined Cortland Sutton the last couple mm -hmm. of years we all think Cortland Sutton sucks Cortland Sutton might be awesome we don't know we'll find out this year um but in a similar way to how Matt Stafford elevated Cooper Cup into now what is the stud that he is after he got rid of kind of the mediocrity of Jared Goff. I think the reverse will happen for DK Metcalf and he will go from having been a pretty good stud the last few seasons to this is what happens to wide receivers that I'm not convinced were elite to begin with that now don't have a great or even good quarterback throwing to them. Why are you taking DK Metcalf ADP people in the first uh, 24 wide receivers drafted. It's crazy. He was, his ADP was 12. It might be 12 to 14 in a normal league. I think it's 17 to 19 in um, underdog at this point, but even that's too high. I will have no shares of DK Metcalf this season. Yeah, that's sharp, man. That is definitely sharp. So DK Metcalf, his current ADP is 43, which puts him square at wide receiver 19. So he is firmly a wide receiver too. And, you know, again, I think that from a talent perspective, when Russell, well, we actually had a bit of a sample size with no Russell Wilson last year. And we saw what he did. He had a few big games, but then he also had an apps, a few absolute duds, right? Where he just completely disappeared. And I don't know what you Kev, but I had a few DK Metcalf shares on my teams last year and I was pulling up my hair, man. I don't have a lot of hair. In fact, I have no hair and it's gone now because I had DK Metcalf on my DK team. DK Metcalf year. did that. To yes. You. Exactly. And you'll never see Private Shane without a hat on <laughs> because of DK Metcalf. And by the way, I'd point out that was with Russell Wilson for 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 a good yeah. part of it. Although Russ was out, Russ, Russ was a little messed up last year, got the finger issues. But even with with Russell Wilson at the quarterback, DK Metcalf not a good year, not a good mm -hmm. year. What's he going to do with Drew Locke? Worse. So yeah, I think I would you're say be fine. I would say Kev like. The general public, I think, to some degree, thinks that, that like they look at Seattle and say, "There's, there's no way that this team is going to go into the season without a quarterback, right?" Like, and you mentioned it before the show. It's how, they, or at the start of the show, it's either going to be Jimmy Garoppolo or it's going to be Baker Mayfield. And Jimmy Garoppolo at this point has basically said, "Like, I need to be cut or I need to be traded. I need off the team." Um, Shanahan was even saying that just the fact that he had to shoulder surgery, it delayed the fact, but he, he basically said just last week that, yeah, like the plan is to trade this guy. So He'll be gone, but, but there are other teams. I mean, uh, again, Carolina needs a quarterback too, and they have a, a head coach that will be fired if, if they don't win this year. Whereas I kind of think Seattle there, there is, I have a slight inkling slight that Seattle is in DGAF mode and saying, let's just, these guys aren't that good. Let's tank the season. Let's get the the young quarterback. There's a possibility that they go into the season. I don't think Carolina is really going to try to do that because their coach won't make it through the year. Yeah. Um, unlike that. Pete Carroll, that probably has a free pass to do what he does in Seattle. So, all right. DK Metcalf, number one, give me a wide receiver. Uh, give me somebody from your list. Who are you avoiding this year at current ADP? 
So the the most obvious one to me has got to be Chris Godwin. He's going at 52 overall, so just a little bit after DK Metcalf as wide receiver 25. So mm -hmm. he's not quite a wide receiver two, but he's effectively a wide receiver two. Now, here's the thing about Chris Godwin. He had a pretty amazing year last year, right? I mean, he fell off a little bit from the year before. Didn't he finish? What was it like a year or two ago where he finished as like the, the wide receiver one? So we know the talent is there. He gets Tom Brady. Like things look fantastic. The problem is, guys, he tore his ACL in week 15 last year. I believe it was like December 19th. And um, doing a little bit of research. So for the record, go to dfsarmy.com. The link is in the uh, the description to uh, below. And follow the link. We have an article on some of the players that we're talking about today. And you'll get a bit of a more of a detailed breakdown. But effectively, like the average NFL player takes about 48 to 50 weeks to return after an ACL. So this was based off of um, a study that was done for players between 2009 and 2015. So obviously, I would say even in that seven-year span, medicine has improved. Okay. But let's just let's let's just jump to the most optimistic scenario. And he's back in nine months. That puts him squarely in pretty much September, right? So right at the start of the season. So that's going to be assuming one, there's no setbacks, okay? But then two, he'll have had no practice time. Obviously, he's got that built-in rapport with Tom, but sometimes these players just don't have the same pop. And the way that Chris Godwin wins in the NFL is by a separation. And so I feel like it's hubris to assume that you know better than everybody else that he's going to go and put up these frankly numbers where you're drafting him at so there's just there's way too much risk when you're taking a player in that range and like i know you're not a huge dj Moore guy but rashad bateman is around there Cortland sutton's around there judas mcschuster so there's some good players that are being drafted around him and at this stage of the game man like it's just go elsewhere like maybe if you're drafting in august and we're, we we get more news on it but right now the risk is levels too high so I'm out on Chris Godwin as ADP, and that kills me. I love Chris no, Godwin. I think we all do. Great, there's a great philosophy that says it's hard enough getting through the season yes. uninjured without starting off your season with a bunch of injured guys. Like that, if, you, if you've played fantasy football long enough, you know, A, Godwin ain't coming back September 1st. So it's it's already October, and they're saying, well, maybe next week he's coming back. So now we're a week into October, but you don't want to play him his first week back. He still needs to get into playing shape. Now it's two, three weeks. Oop, a little hammy, got a setback. By the time you open your eyes, you're eight weeks into the season. This guy hasn't played. So I, I, I am all about there's just no reason <laughs> to take him, especially mm -hmm. where it is. And you mentioned really good players in the zone of Chris Godwin. Um, Allen Robinson's still available. Yep. Rashad Bateman, as you said, Brandon Cooks, Darnell Mooney. There's all these better wide receivers or just as good that aren't hurt right now that are available right where he goes. So don't take Godwin. Instead, take Mike Evans. Mike or, Evans. Or Kevin. Or if you're a guy like later. yourself who likes to draft Chris um, Cooper Cup early, right? You get Cooper Cup and you go you go with the heavy wide receiver stack. Travis Etienne is being drafted right around there as well. I love Travis. How, how do you feel about Travis Etienne? I love him this year. I, I like him this year. I think yeah. um, I like him. I like him with no James Robinson um, there to uh, take touches. I think he'll get a shot at being a workhorse and he can catch passes and he can do a lot of things. So yeah, I like Etienne. Uh, different positions. Hard for me to yeah, yeah. equate running backs and wide receivers. But um, overall, yeah, I mean, I like Etienne this year and he's available late and certainly a good pick. Uh, as you know, my philosophy this season has is much more wide receiver early. Get I'm trying to get two top 10 wide receivers on my team. And then 
there are running backs that you could pick up later. So that's my approach to the 2022 season in general. And uh, yeah, I'm not taking quarterbacks, uh, wide receivers for the most part at that point in the draft. I'm probably grabbing running backs because that's the style that I plan to play this season. But still, there are just better wide receivers that go after. I will have zero exposure to Godwin. So that's a really good pick, Shane. Um, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to throw another one out there and then then I want to move on to maybe or, or we'll do another one and one sure. and then we'll move on to running back. So a guy, another guy to avoid this year. And the ADP is weirdly high. And so this one, this one is one of my avoids and it's Deontay Johnson. And it's going to sound harsh. He's going right in the DK Metcalf zone. And it's again, that zone I don't want. He's, he's WR 18 yeah. this season. I love Deontay. Everybody, Deontay Johnson is my brand. Like I've been on Deontay Johnson for three seasons. No one heard of Deontay. I was all over it. Two years already. Everybody in DFS Army knows Deontay Johnson. They, they, I call him the cheat code. 10 targets a game. Yeah. Let me tell you something. Desmond, I, I mean, these the the quarterback situation. Kenny P. Kenny P with his little hands. Kenny Pickett. Yeah. Or or Mitch Trubisky, whoever it's gonna be. I don't trust them to produce quality outcomes to the wide receiver position. The Steelers have a bunch of guys. Sure, Ben Roethlisberger loved Deontay Johnson, but I don't know that Mitch Trubisky can deliver him the football, and I don't know anything about uh, Pickett. So for me, WR18, am I rolling the dice on a guy with a sketchy quarterback situation? And I left one for you, by the way, who I was going to take because I left him for you because there's one more even higher up, but I left him for you, Shane. But Ooh. for me, Deontay Johnson, I don't have him on any team. Again, that's the section of the draft. And I, I will reference in our channel my late round RB values video. And I'll have more of that as we as we go through. But th those names, you can just get like when Deontay Johnson, you know, David Montgomery's there. Like, let's take David Montgomery. You know, let's take Travis Etienne. Let's take Jimmy Connor. Fine. There are all of these running backs that you can get at that point in the draft. I'm not touching Deontay Johnson this season. He wasn't a touchdown guy to begin with. And now you're taking away the volume passing that Ben Roethlisberger brought to the table. And I just think he's going to be a disappointment. Yeah. So I'll, I'll be honest with you. I like Deontay. Um, I'm a big Deontay guy, but the fact that you're a little bit off him makes it certainly gives me a little bit of pause. Um, I did uh, a write-up for Deontay Johnson, actually, for the playerprofiler.com draft kit. And oh. when I was looking at the time, it was before the draft, so I didn't have Kenny P. But uh, Mitch, Mitchell Trubisky is actually, when you look at ben, like old, aging, broken shoulder Ben Roethlisberger, his passing numbers were actually quite similar to Mitchell Trubisky's. And so just that, like the fact that they have such a low so ADOT. Wait, you're saying an old, broken... <laughs> Ben yes. Roth, who couldn't deliver Correct. the football more than like seven or eight yards with any sort of accuracy. <laughs> it's the same as elite peak Mitch Trubisky. At least Found Mitch Trubisky right. in his last year. The thing about Mitch Trubisky, which he was such a, an interesting player to watch because he had his moments. I mean, like Kev, like your bread, your bread and butter is DFS, right? Multiple weeks. Mitchell Trubisky oh, yeah. was in the Millie Maker at at, um, at DraftKings, so I mean he had his moments. It's just that he was so bloody inconsistent. But also, like let's not forget that he got the Bears to the playoffs. I don't think they've been there since. Yeah. So, uh, you know, my my they, dear my dear friend, both personal and professional, Bobby Wow is a big mm -hmm. uh, is a big Bears fan, 
And he had love for Mitch Trubisky. And I was like, man, you know, I appreciate that you don't hate these players. Like, I hate Jets quarterbacks that disappoint. I'm like, I hate you, Mark Sanchez. You know, but he doesn't feel that way. He's like, no, I have I have good feelings for Trubisky. It's not going to be Trubisky anyway. It's no, not even going to be no. him. It's going to be Pickett. It's a, it's a rookie quarterback. I don't like the situation. Teams don't allow rookies to throw a ton. So what ends up happening is the passing volume goes down. Ben Roethlisberger was throwing 40-plus targets a game, sometimes 50, even on that old-ass arm. And it was Deontay that was getting the benefits of those of the volume. It's very similar, actually, to Amon Ra, where when he was uh, last year, Amon Ra was just getting 12 targets a game at the end of the season because um, TJ Hawkinson and, and DeAndre Swift were out, and there's no one to throw to, so they just kept throwing it to him 12 times a game. That makes you look good when you get 12 targets. Like, you're going to do well, unless you're a complete trash can. You're going to do well with that. That I mean, I think Deontay Johnson's a good player, but I just don't like the quarterback situation. And there are other wide receivers at that time that I'd rather get, or running backs. And, and like I said, take the wide receivers early because these guys in the middle, they're very sketchy. Yeah, just, just to put the bow on that, Deontay Johnson, okay, last year, so this is 2021, Number one in receptions or in targets per game, Cooper Cup with 11.2. Tied for second with Devontae Adams at 10.6 per game was one, Deontay Johnson. He can only go down. And that is a huge risk because he's not a touchdown scorer. They got Chase Claypool for that. They got Najee Harris for that. So you're banking on your production and you're banking on those, those targets. And that is a huge risk. And Kevin, you know who is also a huge risk at his ADP? Because the man was absolutely bread and butter based off the targets. It's another guy that I'm fading at his ADP. I think I, I left Jalen Waddle. Yeah, that's Jalen Waddle. I appreciate right. you leaving that for me. Okay, so Jalen Waddle right now is going at pick 35 as the wide receiver 15. Okay, now not when the you wide look receiver at the, 15, right? Not 50. No, no, wide receiver 15, ADP 35. Yes. Yes, so basically, the back end of the third round. Again, players that you can you can get in that range are the aforementioned DJ Moore, Michael Pittman, who I absolutely love, and Deontay Johnson. I'm taking Deontay Johnson over Jalen Waddle. Maybe I'm going to lean Michael Pittman now after we've had this conversation. But or Marquise Brown is Marquise Brown is available what? in that zone as well. I don't want to pivot too much, but how do you feel about Marquise Brown? I feel like he's like, being overdrafted. No, I like him. Um, you know, they don't have anybody else to throw to in Arizona. They just have no other targets. He's mm -hmm. going to be targeted heavily in a good offense. I'm sure uh, later on in the season, uh, when DeAndre Hopkins comes back, then I think it'll be less good. But I think I think uh, Marquise Brown will do just fine over there. I think he's the perfect fit for that offense. So he's going to do just fine. Yeah, I mean, he got peppered with targets last year. It's just another reason I love Rashad Bateman so much. Like, yes, it's just love. We all, yeah, we love Rashad yeah. Bateman. But we're talking about wide receivers that we hate. We're talking about wide receivers that we hate. Okay, so yeah. Jalen Waddle last year, he posted in his rookie campaign 104 receptions, 1,015 yards, and six total touchdowns. Okay, he had an impressive 142, oh, Kevin, 142 targets last year, which equated to 26.2%. 20 percent for leading wide receivers, good. 25 percent is elite. What happens on March 23rd of this year that pretty much set the NFL world on fire? Oh, that's right. Tyreek Hill, one of the top three wide receivers in the league, was traded to the Miami Dolphins. So, question becomes, can Mr. Tua Tagovailoa actually support two elite wide receivers? Between the two of them, last year, they had over 300 targets. Okay? 
Um, I would say that Tua Tagovailoa is absolutely screwed. If or you're absolutely screwed if you assume that Tua is going to be able to support these two guys. I mean, look, they're paying Tyreek as one of the top paid wide receivers in the league. He's going to get fed. They traded for him. They paid. They paid a fortune for the honor of paying him. Okay, the man's going to get fed. Guess who's going to lose those targets? It's going to be Jalen Waddle, man. So to me, it's just, it's so risky at that point to actually bank on that. And I'm just, I can't do it, Kev. I just, I just can't do it. I won't do it. I'm fading him. Yeah, he's just, he's not a guy for redraft this season. Again, it's it's a lot of draft capital at that point. There are really great tight ends and wide receiver uh, and, and running backs on the board. I like, for example, Amari Cooper ahead of Jalen Waddle, but you can get him two rounds later. So... I'm with you. I, I like Jalen Waddle as a player, so I don't want it. I don't want it to come off that no. way. I'm very much a fan of Jalen Waddle's talent and as a player. But you're right. If you love Tyreek Hill and you think Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle are both top 15 wa- fantasy wide receivers, you should definitely have Tua as your quarterback in that scenario. And and I don't think anybody's in love with Tua as their quarterback. It's part of the reason why I'm not like loading up on Elijah Moore and 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 and. Garrett Wilson on the Jets, or or I'm not trying to load up on that combo because it's like, uh, do I really want to time my fantasy season to Zach Wilson? No, um, it's risky. I, uh, the flip side, why I'm comfortable with with Chase and and uh, T Higgins as a duo mm. going top twelve is because Joe Burrow. Okay, all right, we saw I'm it. down with JB. Yeah, we saw it. Look, Joe Burrow, if if you rostered him, and, and I'm sure you did in a few leagues, but if you rostered him throughout the fantasy season, it was kind of rocky, right? He didn't really set the world on fire. But as he progressed, as he grew throughout the season, you saw, wow, like this is what he could be. Yeah. Whereas on the other, on the flip side, like Tua, he had 388 attempts last year. We just talked about how two players had over 300 attempts la- or targets last year. Um, he was tied for 27th with only 30 pass attempts per game last year. And then you add on to the fact that uh, the average depth of target for for Jalen Waddle was six point three yards, like that's that was eighty eighth among wide receivers, Kev. Like that's yeah, not I good. I, I actually think that that's not a bad sign for Waddle going forward because he's going to operate he, in a different yeah. part of the field than what Tyreek Hill. Actually, there's probably enough volume, but basically, again, we're hoping on Jalen Waddle, uh, not Jalen Waddle, Tua. Mm-hmm taking a major step forward in his talent, in his skill set, in in his playing ability, because last season the team would try to hide him for the most part. They wanted to run the foot. They didn't have any running backs, but they wanted to run. It's weird. They don't have any running backs, but they want to run the football um, in order to hide him. And by the way, with with the Bengals and going back to the Joe Burrow and and the the ebbs and flows of the season, what happened was if you observed the, the coaching tendencies, a lot of this comes back to coaching tendencies, the coaching tendencies in, in neutral situations early in the season, they were very run heavy. One of the run heaviest teams in the league in neutral. All right. We understand teams when they're behind, they throw more when they're ahead, they tend to run a little bit more situation neutral when they're not, but it's kind of in the middle. Um, the Bengals start out the season, one of the most run heavy later in the season towards the end, that flipped and they went very pass heavy in, in neutral situations. So I think it was just a buildup of trust by the coaching staff in Burrow that allowed for uh, th- that adjustment to happen because it was a palpable and real adjustment. There was, I, I think, I think we had enough data to call it not noisy about their new situation, neutral 
rushing or or passing rates. And it definitely went up as the season went on because they gained trust in Joe Burrow. And he, he obviously rewarded them with being awesome. Joe Cool. Yeah, and and I mean, obviously they got they got Joe Mixon in Cleveland or in Cincinnati, excuse me. But I mean, Joey's Joey B is going to throw the ball. Whereas yeah. it's funny he mentioned the fact that Miami had basically no running backs last year. So they go out, they get Chase Evans, they get Miles Gaskin, uh, who I think is coming back, Raheem Mostert, Sony Michelle. So now they just have a schwack. I'm just they a bunch still have of nobodies. They they got all those nobodies. guys. It, it, yeah. They still have nothing. All right. So we talked about some wide receivers that we aren't drafting. Now let's talk about some running backs that we are avoiding in 2022. I think, again, avoids are really, really important, and no one likes to talk about avoids. They're important. I think who you aren't drafting is just as important as who you do draft. So with that being said, Shane, give me a running back. Give me a top 24 guy that you're like, no, this ain't happening. Not in my watch. Okay. 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 Let at me preface this. Yeah, yeah. To be okay, clear, me... to preface, yeah, because everyone. What do you mean you don't yeah. like at their That's current cool. ADP? <sighs> All right, Kevin, you're correct. sitting down. So this is a good thing. Okay, you're sitting down. Okay. Uh oh. So it's going to be a talk... very bold call. <sighs> Concerned. I, and I, I'm going to say I have one share of them in a tournament, in the puppy tournament, because you got to get it a little bit crazy. You got to hold. You got the probability of winning the puppy is so low. You kind of have to take swings on guys you might not want to take swings on. I had the two spot in the draft. I was picking at one, 102, and I chose Christian McCaffrey. Here's the I'm thing about Christian McCaffrey. Sorry? I'm down with CMC. Oh, I'm, I, I got no problem with that. If if I've got a top six pick, I feel like there's way too much risk to be taking Christian McCaffrey. Now, obviously, the upside is massive, but for those who watched him for the last two years, it was extremely painful not having your top pick on your team. We've seen it, okay? And then what did they go and did? They uh, and do like they, they went out and they acquired other running backs. So I feel like they're going to go and take away some of the opportunity. So now, obviously, Carolina, they're smart because we just talked about it, right? Like they're playing for the careers. Matt Rule is playing for his career. But Foreman, who they went and they picked up, he actually played very well last year for Baltimore. They have Chuba Hubbard, which I mean, no, I no, like no, two, it's it's two, Foreman. It, it, Chuba, Chuba was shit. He was, was shit last yeah, year. He was not good. Dante Foreman, though, played well yes. for his team. And every year away from that Achilles injury mm-hmm. is another year a little bit better. Yeah. No, he looks explosive. But I'm just – look, if I'm if I'm picking that early in my draft, I'm probably taking – I'm going to go JT1, and then I'm, I'm, I'm seriously considering one of those top three wide receivers, whether you prefer Justin Jefferson, Cooper Cup, Jamar Chase. I'm far more – open to going after one of those elite wide receivers who we know is going to continue or going to get the volume. Obviously Cooper cup had an absolutely magical season last year. I don't think it's a reasonable expectation to expect him to be there at, at that peak level this year, right? It's just, it's not a reason, reasonable expectation. However, there's that level of certainty when you're drafting one of these top wide receivers that early in the draft, they may not come out as a wide receiver one, but they're probably going to be a top wide receiver three, four, five, right? I think it was really, it was Antonio Brown way back in the early 2010s where he had multiple years as a wide receiver one. But generally speaking, it doesn't happen. Michael Thomas had that magical season. Things are perfect, right? Things have to be perfect to get that magical season. It didn't happen. So I'm just, look, if Christian McCaffrey falls to me and I'm like, pick six, seven, 
yeah, I'm going to snap call on him. But we're talking about being bold. We're talking about players that worry me. Christian McCaffrey is right at the top of that list, man, where you have to drop him at number two overall. Yeah, I mean, he that that's the positive part of the argument. And I've already made the argument that mm. Cooper Cup should be the number two overall pick. So anybody that's after, if you're taking Christian McCaffrey or anybody ahead of him, to me, that's the wrong play. Christian McCaffrey, though, I don't mind it. You're taking a risk in terms of a guy that's been injured the last two years in a row, and it could happen again. Who knows? Why is he hurt all the time? I don't know. He is a hardworking, like, supreme athlete in, in elite physical condition, though. I don't think he's getting hurt again. Like, I think I don't I, just because he got hurt the last two years. I'm fine with McCaffrey. It actually doesn't bother me. The pick, I'll give you a guy, though, who's right up there. So uh, we're keeping it bold. And again, I've already said, regardless, at his current ADP, I, I, I would not have McCaffrey either because I'm taking Cooper Cup there. He's my number two overall, maybe number one. But I'm sticking with the top guys because this first round is a little sketchy for the running backs at ADP. And I have a few that I hate here. I, I, I want to throw a bunch of names out. I, I don't like mixing where he's being taken. But Austin Eckler, especially an underdog. So we're talking about the underdog half-point PPR tournament. Austin Eckler, RB3, going, going um, player number three or four overall? That, to me, is absolutely bonkers. The, and the reason, I like, I like his team. I certainly like the Chargers to score a lot, but Austin Eckler does not score a lot of touchdowns. I mean, this is not a touchdown scoring player, and we're on a platform that primarily rewards running backs that get that score touchdowns. Now, Eckler does have the occasional games where he'll see seven, eight, nine targets, and I love that. Love me some PPR action, but they just drafted Isaiah Spiller as well. They finally have kind of like a real backup that they they want to spell him. They do. They want to spell him. They don't want to give him all the touches. So as much as Austin Eckler is a nice PPR piece, and I like him as a player, I just think this ADP RB3 overall and pick three or four overall is just incorrect. I would much, much again, I'm taking Cooper Cup. I'm taking Justin Jefferson over him. I'm taking Chase. I would rather wait. I think you can get the same production that you're getting out of Austin Eckler from someone like Leonard Fournette a round and a half to two rounds later. I think there are just other names. DeAndre Swift in round two, he's going to give you basically Austin Eckler production in a dome uh, with more workhorse uh, backs. You could get Kamara a full round later as well. So there are so many How's How's Alvin Kamara worse? Outside of, you know, maybe the legal issues of missing a couple games potentially early season, how is Alvin Kamara worse than Austin Eckler, but I'm getting him in the second round? Like it, it, it just doesn't make sense. Why would I waste a first-round pick? Like, the wide receiver, so instead of taking Cooper Cup, I'll, I'll just give you the scenario, Shane. What would you, would, would you rather? This is a would you rather. Cooper Cup and... DeAndre Swift or Al Cooper Cup and Alvin Kamara, more realistic. Yep. Versus, and let me just let me just pull up my full ADP so I can see this properly. Let me get the wide receivers in here. But versus, so we're I'm saying Cooper Cup or Justin Jefferson and Kamara mm -hmm. versus Austin Eckler and Mike Evans. 
because that's the trade-off. Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I like Mike Evans well, too. Like, don't get me wrong, but but Cooper Cup is putting up 20 fantasy points per game, mm-hmm. and the running backs are basically a wash. So so uh, uh, you're basically like you're assuming that Austin Eckler is going to have to a major touchdown regression is like that's big that's being baked into your equation right because I mean he did have 20 last year which was insane right he was tied for first but it, if you're assuming that Isaiah look Spiller the, look who, at his career prior to last yeah season. well so last last year was totally Austin Eckler has typically just been a pass catching back right like he wasn't a primary runner whereas last year he flipped the switch he was doing it all and um they brought in Isaiah Spiller. I, I got to admit, I'm not a huge Isaiah Spiller guy. The, the NFL wasn't either. He got drafted at pick 4.18, so four, four, in the 18th pick in the fourth round. So that's not great. That's not great. But in college, he did show glimpses that he could be a solid backup, right? I mean, he's he is exactly what he is. He's a, he's going to be a backup. He's going to be able to go and get those goal line touches. He might find the end zone on occasion if you're lucky. Um, but I, look, I, I wouldn't say I'm exactly worried about Isaiah Spiller coming in. Look, okay. So these are Isaiah Spiller's stats from, from uh, you forget it, throw it out. It doesn't matter. You're judging talent. You're judging talent right now. You I don't, I don't yeah, want you to do it, but Look, look, here's the thing, right? So, so we come and we, we, we're these analysts. We talk, we try, we give people advice and we say, we like this running back. We hate that running back. I'm talking about, you know, in dynasty with, for your rookie drafts. Right. And then we go, we, we throw sheets up in the air. We're like, ah, damn it. Like the NFL drafted him in round four, which, which for a running back, like it's not a complete death nail, but typically if you have an open depth chart, then a fourth round running back can break through and can make a difference, right? Like Devin Singletary, he's not talented. He's okay. He's fine. He's a, he's just a guy, but he was the leading running back on Buffalo Bills. So he had some value. Okay. Isaiah Spiller is contending with Austin Eckler and Austin Eckler is absolutely, he's an elite running back or whatever you want to call it. Like, he, yes, he's a running back, but he's, he's really just a, a really good wide receiver that happens to play running back. That that's, that's how I like to view him. And so for me, Austin Eckler he came out this offseason. He basically he said he wanted the team to draft a running back because he didn't like he's a smaller guy. I mean, he's he's thick as hell, man, but he's a smaller guy, right? And so he knows his body that he wouldn't be able to to keep up for the this entire is, season. This is where I'm so, going. So I with get it. it. Yeah. So I They're get it. Not, I don't see him getting another 200 attempts on the ground. Like he is a great PPR asset. And mm-hmm. yes, he scored all those touchdowns last year, but if you go to 2020. He only scored three touchdowns the entire season and Herbert was there, Um, you know, in 2019 when he was the main guy, he was the main guy and they still, they never had bad quarterback play in, in San Diego. There was always someone good there. It was Philip Rivers, but he got 11 touchdowns total in 2019. So I, again, I think last, I don't think there are 20 touchdowns. He got 12, he got six, he got two the year before, I don't think the 20 is anywhere near sustainable, especially the 12 rushing touchdowns. I think a lot of that had to do with just the guys behind him were injured or no good. You had uh, Justin Jackson, who was hurt. He's always hurt all the time. They couldn't play him. Uh, that Kelly guy, he sucked. They just, the guys behind him weren't good. So they were like, what are we going to do? We got to just keep feeding him. But that's the thing with Spiller. 
I don't think Spiller is like some insane talent, although he was talked at as a pretty good running back and he he's might be better than the guys, the other backups that the, I hundred percent. Yeah. He might be a very good backup. I don't know. I don't even try to judge it. I'm you. It's pick three overall. I got to spend mm-hmm. pick number three overall to get Austin Eckler. And I'm just not down with it. I'd rather take Derrick Henry in a non PPR or in a um, half point PPR format like this one. Um, more so if it rewards 100-yard performances. Mm-hmm. And with Eckler, he's he's a PPR asset. Love him for that. He's going to get a bunch of receptions. But I, I also don't think you can count on eight receptions. He's a six receptions per game guy, which is great. But I don't need to spend pick 1.3 on it. So I like the player, but it's about ADP. Yeah. And he's a guy I'm just not taking. So last right, who you got year, it running back? Shame. Sorry? Who you got at running back? Who are you avoiding? Oh, another running back that I'm avoiding. Yeah. Um. See, th- man. See, here's the thing. Like, round one and two for these running backs. There's so many bloody landmines this year. Christian McCaffrey. We already talked about Derrick Henry. I mean, did, did he hit the cliff? That's the question we all we're all asking ourselves. No, no cliff with Henry. No. So the, no, cliff. but there's no there's maybe a little bit of risk. Um, Joe Mixon. He had a good season last year. Aaron Jones, he's still in a good situation. But you were talking about Elvin Kamara, and this guy's kind of interesting to me. So I'll be honest, I've had zero shares of Elvin Kamara this year. And if news comes out that he's either A, not going to get suspended, which I don't believe, but more actually probable. I was listening um, to a, a show just last week, Kevin, on the weekend, and there was a beat writer from New Orleans Saints. And they were talking about that he was talking to some of his lawyer friends. And essentially, it's not that Alvin Kamara isn't going to get suspended because I think there's a pretty good consensus, especially if this video drops of him kicking this guy when he's unconscious. That guy's going to get suspended. Probably. I mean, come he had on, kind of idiots. I mean, he had a comment. But there's actually Kamara didn't do that shit for no reason. No, I, of course not. Of that course guy not. just you know, and then and then emotions get high, and you just you you. He so went, he went over the top, right? So but, we're not we're I haven't seen this video at all. So I'm, I'm I don't I'm think coming, it's out. It's not, I'm coming up blind if there is a video for it. But here's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. I always find it surprising when I watch like a violence video of somebody like beating up a bully, for example, who was yeah. bullying them. Like somebody's trying to bully you, right? And you just and like these great and boom, and you knock them out, right? You're like, leave me alone, leave me alone, boom. And then the kid knocks him, you know, like those videos. Yeah, yeah. And he knocks him out. I'm always surprised when when they knock him down that they don't go for the 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 <laughs> unconscious kick at the end. Yeah. Like, you yeah. know, you gotta uh, add that last little bit, like you no. Did you did you ever read the book The Stranger, Kevin, when you were in high school? Albert Camus? No. It's no, a, okay. It's a Canadian, but we don't read that in America. No, I mean, okay. Albert Camus. He's he was a French. He was a French philosopher. It sounds like a book. French philosopher. That's what I'm saying. That's yeah. some kind of the shit. It, it's, it's an ex, it's an existentialist. If, you're, book, if your name, but... if you're existential, if your name sounds French at all, they don't put it in American. <laughs> America. No, it's it, cut it, off. Our maybe, maybe down in Louisiana Smith. with the Cajuns. No. What's that? Maybe down no. in Louisiana. No. no. No, right, maybe right. down there, but not in America. It, we don't listen. To, it, we don't want the freaking French philosophers in our school. I think that's fair. Um, but essentially, and this is We're, going out, out of nowhere, but essentially like what, the, the ending is essentially he ends up killing this dude, right, with, with a gun. But instead of just shooting him once or twice, he ends up shooting him like six or eight times. Like he empties yeah. a barrel in this guy, right? Do that. It's kind of the same thing with Elvin Kamara. Like if he right. just attacked him, you know, hit him a few times, 
guy's down and you walk away because he's got his crew, right? That's one thing. But apparently, allegedly, you know, I'm, I haven't seen the video. None of us have. Um, he went a little bit harder than that. So, but anyways, taking a step back here, the beat reporter is basically saying that when you look at the timeline for the for uh, when he's actually got his court appearances, there's a possibility that if they can push it, the court appearances until after the NFL season. We've seen recently that Roger Goodell has actually been more inclined to wait until the legal process takes its course, which means there is actually a very real possibility that Elvin Kamara will not face a suspension this year. So I say that. In which case, if you're getting him at the end of round two, which is where he's going right now, that's an absolute steal. But I generally am a little bit more conservative. Again, I mean, this is a says-ism, right? And I know it's not round one, but in round two, you can't win your draft in that at that stage of the draft, but you can certainly lose it. So I'm just more inclined to take other players around the end of, of round two. And so Alvin Kamara is the guy that I'm generally fading, yeah. but it, it hurts. I'm the man. opposite like, on him. I'll be honest with you. I think yeah. you're getting a discount for no reason. And but, I think Alvin Kamara is great. And I like that he's late. He's he's in my group of why I don't need to take the first round, guys. Yeah. Like, for me, I don't have a problem. And by the way, I'm fully prepared if he had to sit out three games. No big deal. Okay. Yeah. Three games wouldn't be bad. I'm, See, I'm here's the thing, though. Your risk tolerance is far different from my risk tolerance. Like, for one, like, you were the guy trading for Deshaun Watson last year. You're like, oh, yeah. bring him on, baby. Give me that discount. That's I just like your value. Style. So, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah, I get that. I, I so, always go, I believe strongly that when you when you're building your fantasy team you're you're essentially compiling a set of assets together and we all start with the same amount of capital to acquire our assets so if i'm paying full value or overpaying for an asset that taps into my capital and later on i'm going to be lacking relative to someone else so on the flip side if I'm able to get something at a massive bargain price and I'm willing to either take on the risk or, or, or wait. And I get that, that, that adds a piece of capital to my team that I didn't start with. We all started with a hundred dollars, let's say same amount of capital. And if I, if I pick up a, a $25 player for $12, if I get, if I buy the player on sale, well, now I have a $12 advantage on every other team in my league. So that's my approach, especially with dynasty, but across the board. So I play the value game. I'm looking for how can I build, you know, if we assigned a dollar value to every player, how can I take my hundred dollars and buy $125 worth of players? That's the whole approach. So I'm very value-based. So you give me the bargain basement discount because just like two years ago, I think it was last year or two years ago where I loaded up. It was two years ago where I loaded up on Tyreek Hill and then he got hurt anyway and it ruined it. But I was like, this guy ain't getting suspended. And, and you know, I was getting him in the seventh round of best balls. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to win so much money this year. Yeah. And of course he got hurt the whole season. It didn't work out, but I should have made all the monies and the process was correct. So I feel that way about Alvin Kamara. I don't get why he's dropped. I actually think his situation's better. Um, no Taysom Hill. He is at his worst with Taysom Hill, not with Jameis Winston. Fine by me. Yeah, he throws to Kamara. Kamara's great. I love Kamara. I am not avoiding him where he's at. Again, I'd rather, and again, I'll give you a player who I do want to avoid, and I'll take Kamara instead. You keep Joe Mixon. Yeah. I don't want him. It's not to say he didn't have a good year. Joe Mixon was a part of six, count him, Six millimaker winning lineups in 2021. Wow. Six times. But there's a reason 
that he was in all those lineups, like from an ownership perspective, is because when he wasn't taking down the Millie for you, he really wasn't doing much at all. He was he's very much he's an all or nothing player. The team will not allow him to pass protect. He can't pass protect. So he has to come out of the game. And his best games came when Samaji Pirine was injured and he had to play the full game. So to me, I think that Joe Mixon in the first round, again, just take Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Devontae Adams there. Take I'm 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 you want to take the wide receiver early. These guys are not replicable later on. There's no AJ Brown waiting in the sixth round. There's no Justin Jefferson's there. You're there's none of these lockdown wide receivers. There are running backs. You can get Kamara at the end of the second round. You can get Leonard Fournette at the end of the second round. You want to take the elite wide receiver in round one. I don't need Joe Mixon there. Joe Mixon is just a guy to me. He's not that different from Swift or Jones or Kamara or Fournette or even Saquon Barkley if he stayed healthy. They're all kind of the same guy, and you can get those guys with your next pick. So I'd rather spend that earlier pick. It's not to say Joe Mixon's bad. He just probably should be towards the end of the second round, not not midway through the first. It's not right. Too much money. I think what's hilarious, I just – you can't help but you know get parallels between the Super Bowl where it's like what well, Cincinnati is on their last drive of the game, and who do they have in a bloody game? Not Joe Mixon. They had some AJP Ryan in. Like what's Joe Joe Mixon cannot pass protect. Exactly. He can't be out there. He's got one of the worst grades in the NFL in pass protection, so they don't play him. I, I was I was baffled for years. Why why are they taking Joe Mixon out of the game? Is he it's Joe Mixon? Yeah. Like, why are they doing this? He's good at catching the ball. He, he's, he's a good pass catcher. So I was yeah. like, why are they taking him out in third down situations? This is fucked up. This is those are the juiciest running back situations or in the hurry up. Like I want my running back in the game in the juicy situation. So um yeah, Joe Mixon uh Joe Mixon no bueno. They don't keep him in on passing plays. Again, acknowledging that Joe won people <laughs> Millie Makers six times last season. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because a those other games weren't great, and b your the 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 capital that you're expending to pay one point seven for this guy is better spent at wide receiver because the same style running backs are available a full round and even two rounds later. That's 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 uh that's how I, that's how I see it. So I'm out yeah. on Mixon. I'm out on. Um, I'm really out on Eckler too. I get why people like him. 20 touchdowns last year. I'm out on it. I'd rather, I'd rather take, and we're, we get flamed for flaming top guys. You're going to see people like yeah. you're fucking crazy. You're stupid, whatever. And then I just win my, then I just win my leagues every year. Two words, two words, Kevin opportunity cost. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Look, yeah. I, 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 I'm with you, brother. I, I still am so reluctant to draft Joe Mixon. Last year, I was out. That was it. I went on my my pedestal and I said, I'm not going to take Joe Mixon. Kind of got burned by it, unfortunately. Um, but this year, so I was just in a draft and I think Joe Mixon fell to me to like 2.4. At that point, it's like, look, I'm not in on Joe Mixon, but sometimes, I, and I'm, I'm the kind of guy who's going to pay 30, 40, 50 types of best balls, right? So I'm taking Joe Mixon there, right? Because the value fell. So that's, that's range of fine. outcomes, you got to do it. But if you're in one draft, and Joe Mixon's going at 
no thanks man no thanks yeah that's fine that, that, totally fine by the way if, if you're midway through the second round and he's there and you're getting a bargain but uh, i'm this is about against current adp and and for the most part i'm not taking a joe mixon in round one um shane yeah. i think that's it i think we got it covered mm -hmm. here so some wide receivers to avoid some running backs to avoid this year Keep tuning in here to the bowl call every single week. We'll be breaking down best ball dynasty, super flex, all the stuff that you love ahead of your draft to help you smash your leagues. Um, Shane and I will be doing this all throughout the off season. If you want more, you want rankings, projections, constant articles, make sure you're checking out dfsarmy.com. Go to the season long section. Articles are free they're not behind a payroll uh, shane had a great um article the other day on players to avoid i believe it was and and hmm. we got just garrett we just got topic There's after so topic com coming out i really can't i, I don't think about it so i don't remember it but everything you need rankings all the fantasy football stuff of course anything dfs related uh, check out dfs army as well uh we are going strong with mlb nascar pga it's a great season mma i do the mma in the off season and for anybody who's looking to bet on sports we have been absolutely killing it over at the sharp app it is a free app where you can compare odds across multiple sports books um we have uh models driven by skynet a neural net machine learning computer so smart that i fear one day skynet will decide that carbon life forms are no longer necessary. Objective oh, of peace on Earth, and the only way to achieve it is to kill all the carbon-based life forms. But for now, it's spitting out killer handicaps on every game. I bet it every single day. I bet the Skynet models, WNBA, NBA, we're up 120 units on our NBA prop bets since March. We've been tracking them. I'm personally up 48 units since I started following the Skynet model specifically for NBA. I've been sharing it with everybody in the Sharp app Discord. So make sure to check out the Sharp app now. And for Shane, for myself, the geek, we will see you next time on another Bowl Call Fantasy Football Podcast. Deuces.